Welcome to the Let's Grab a Cup podcast. My name is Adam Sturgeon. I'm a police sergeant in Southern California. And my goal is to affect change within organizations so that we can have the confidence in the work that we do each day and make a positive impact on the community. I believe that change starts from within, and I know that we can do great things. Each of us has a story, a challenge that we have faced in our lives or in our careers or in the relationships that we've built around us. I would love to sit down and hear your story so that other people can learn and grow in their own lives. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email me at sturgeonwellness at gmail.com. If you have the desire to lead others and affect change within the law enforcement community, then contact me today. I would love to hear your story and sit down and grab a cup with you. So you find me on Instagram at, at let's grab a cup or at AP underscore sturgeon or at sturgeonwellness.com. All right, have a great day. Today I'm going to be talking to uh, Ryan Carroll. Ryan Carroll was a uh, CHP officer in California, and uh, he recently retired after 27.4 years of enforcement time. And Ryan really had a, uh, a really expansive career in the CHP. Something you'll come to find that it's not all about writing tickets. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on within that organization, and Ryan really got the, a chance to do uh, a lot of different avenues within the organization. So. Uh, Tune in and uh, start this day. Welcome to Let's Grab a Cup podcast, this is where we talk about leadership, authenticity, resiliency. We provide a place to hold space for one another. I'm your host, Adam Sturgeon. So once you grab a cup of coffee or tea or whatever suits you at this moment, let's Jameson. dive in. That's right. All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Uh, whatever time it is you're listening to this, I am Adam Sturgeon and I'm your host. This is a Let's Grab a Cup podcast. Today I'm sitting down with my friend, Ryan Carroll. He has uh, had 24.7 years with the California Highway Patrol. He just retired recently. And um, he spent time working in Central LA, South LA for almost 20 years, and even in auto theft. And um, now he's retired with his wife, two kids, and his three dogs, and he's uh, enjoying life, right? As much as I can. <laughs> so how you doing tonight? Not bad. I appreciate you coming over. Um, we uh, so for those of you who are listening or watching, um, so Ryan and I we met in Southern California um, through basically probably we ran into each other in booking. Booking at the jail. Yeah. And I remember uh, we ran into each other a couple months or a month ago about, about where we're just having coffee. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I recognize this guy, but it looks a little, little growing out there. Well, yeah, I'm a little long in the, the tooth right now. So that's cool, man. How you been? Good. Good. I can't really complain. I uh, goofed off today, went to Compton, dropped something off at the sheriff's department, and uh, it was kind of funny. Were you in Compton because of the recent Super Bowl stuff? No, I went to Compton to actually drop a, a somebody contact me on uh, Facebook because I make uh, license plate signs. Okay. And he hit me up about a, um, if I had any like blue and yellow plates because you can have them reissued to your car depending on what year it is. All right. As long as it doesn't come back. So um, he hit me up and we had some friends in common. So I just went to drop the plate off today and it was way harder than I thought it was going to be. You said blue and yellow, so kind of Super Bowl related. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it looks like more like a Rams play, but yeah, yeah kind of blue, blue and yellow play. That's cool. Um, so, I, you told me earlier that you you grew up in Sacramento. I did. I grew up in Sacramento. I was, I was born in Sacramento, like the downtown part, and then uh, back in, in 1984, we moved to this really 
this really small town called Elk Grove that ended up being the fastest growing town, I think, in the United States for a while. And then uh, in 1997, I moved down here to uh, Southern California. So, okay, how old were you when you moved down here? 26. Okay, so you your whole younger life was in Sacramento. Yeah, my whole life was in Sacramento until I moved here. How did you end up down here? Or why? Uh, or why? Because I had the lowest social security number, last four digits social security number in, uh, in my academy class. Okay, so it was after you got hired on. Yeah, and then they, you ended up down here. Yeah, the way they, the way the hire patrol uh, does it, and I'll say the hire patrol because I don't work for them anymore. Um, it goes, it doesn't go by your your grade point average or how you finish in your class. Because I had like a ninety six percent plus um, grade point average in the academy. But my last four digits of my social security number zero 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 one, which made me the last. I don't person. think you're supposed to say that. Um, I'm just kidding. No, this is the last four digits. <laughs> I know, it's like, no, it's zero 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 one is the lowest number you can get. So I was the absolute last person to get uh, an area, and it was Central Los Angeles, which turned out I didn't want to live here, but I've been here since '97, and it's it's been good enough. I was only uh, 13 years old. At I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I had no idea what I was going to do at 13 years old. That's funny. Yeah. And you're down here, you know, cruising the streets. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good time. All right, so how did you end up even deciding to be a highway patrolman? Did you always want to be a police officer, or did you want to be a, a highway oh, patrolman? Just like everyone else, I, w- I was applying for every single agency I could find an application for. And then one of my... Uh, one of my a girl, I, a lady I worked with, her her dad was CHP, and he's the one that kind of said, "Hey, you ever thought of working for the Hive Patrol?" And I was like, "No, I don't really want to." And uh, long story short, I ended up getting hired by them. Okay, so you don't you say you don't want to, but then you just applied anyway. Oh, I applied anyway because I was I was willing to get hired anywhere. I was ready to. I mean, I was you know twenty five years old. I was I was going to get married to this other girl at the time, and I was like, I needed to move my life forward. And uh, find a find a career and and something to do, yeah. and you know it was, it's been really good to me. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I don't know, like at twenty five, like so you were you working before that? Then I worked at a grocery store and I worked for Pepsi Cola for a little while. Uh, did you, you kind? Of, did you always want to like? Is that what you're thinking? Like I'm going to be a cop for like a few years, or was it just around twenty five? You're like I'm going to apply. No, the funny thing was I was in I, I was going to uh, college, and this guy sitting next to me was uh, a sheriff. And I was bullshitting with him, the canine. So he ended up, he ended up hooking me on a ride along. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So and then it's like you know the first first stop we're going through McDonald's, you know, to get a you know the, you know the post special, uh, you know bite to eat, and the dude ran the plate in front of us and was stolen. So it was like the, the very first stop I was actually on was a stolen car. Oh wow! And, yeah, and it was it was a lot of fun. Did it uh, turn to pursuit or anything? Well, you're no, right no. He just he stuck, he had like a uh, he had his girl and his, his little baby in there. I was surprised he didn't take off running, but yeah, it's always so was the guy I was with. He thought it was. He's like, why didn't you run? Just like I got this big cut on my foot, and you know as well as I know that doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, but no, he did. It wasn't pursuit. It was like he just pulled out, pulled over, and and that was it. I mean, it was pretty pretty simple and basic. I mean, I kind of, I could see why that would be it. Like right, your first call, and you're like, "Dude, this is awesome!" Like, or immediately Aww. something going on. Dude, it, I mean, it was a, it was a total adrenaline thing. I was like, "Oh, it's stolen!" You know, it's like I was a red Honda. You know, can't say I never ran a couple Hondas in my life, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was definitely cool. And then it was just like a couple other. I think he got in a foot pursuit that night, and 
you know, he had, he had just come off a shooting, so he was still kind of, you know, a little bit jittery and stuff like that on stuff. But uh, the guy that hooked me on the ride along, you know, knew him really well. So it was, it was turned out okay. That's cool. And is, is he was going to school with you, you said? Yeah, my, uh, he's retired too, so I'll mention his name. Randy Wynn. Uh, okay. He, uh, he was a Sac County Sheriff's deputy. I think he flies airplanes now or something kind of shit. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, if you can do that. I wish, I've always wanted to fly an airplane. I never, I've never had any training or any experience doing that. I've flown in an airplane. In an airplane. Yeah, I'm always, I'm in the, you know. You ever been, co- I, was, I, was, I had this conversation tonight. Have you ever been in a helicopter? Yeah. So helicopters are weird because they, you, you're in there and it doesn't feel like it should fly. And you just kind of lift off and you start moving. And uh, that's a, it, definitely a, an interesting thing. Because I did, I did the task force for uh, the marijuana too. Oh, really? Yeah, back in, God damn, what was it? Uh, 2001, because I, I was in Fresno at the Piccadilly Inn, which is in Fresno is the nicest hotel at the time. Which is a kind it's of a, called the Fresno? No, it's called the Piccadilly. Oh, it's the Piccadilly in Fresno. In Fresno, yes. Okay. And so I was. I remember that's where the, um, we. Were, I was on this task force when uh, they, you know, nine one one nine eleven happened, where they knocked the buildings down. And I'll never forget my my partner, my roommate, was like banging on the door. He's like, "Hey, get the fuck out of here!" You know. So we, I go out, and he's like, "Look at this shit!" And so then we watched a few minutes later, and we were grounded that day. We ended up getting ready. We ended up being able to go out because they were only letting. Um, Basically, uh, military and law enforcement fly that day. Oh wow! And I, th- I want to say it was. I, I want to say for it was like a solid week. I thought everything was grounded, but you were still able to go. Out? We were we were able to go because the um, it was a rental helicopter company, and I I can't remember the name of it. But it was a rental helicopter company, but the the pilot was a lieutenant with this uh, sheriff's department up north, and he he called and he got the whole thing kind of like set up so we could go and we did a an eradication in the uh, southern end of uh, Yosemite that day, which was pretty interesting. Oh, we got to get into that, too. That sounds pretty cool. So I, I kind of want to ask, okay, so Yosemite, I'm guessing, that they, are they growing? Do they have a grow in there somewhere, like hidden? Yeah, they would have, like, all these hidden grows and stuff. And it was actually a small grow, but it was really, it was strange because you're hanging under, like, this 100-foot cable under the helicopter uh-huh. on, a, like, a full harness, and they give you a skateboard helmet and a knife, this knife you're not supposed to use unless you need to cut the the the, the rope to, to let yourself go. And but I'll never forget. I was probably about 150 feet in the air, 200 feet in the air, and then we flew over this canyon and it just dropped down probably seven, eight hundred more feet. So, I'll, and it was just, it was almost surreal. That's crazy. So how how big was this grow? Uh, it was probably 100 plants. It was I, they put me in by myself, so it wasn't a, it wasn't that big of a deal. Are there a lot of people like hidden back there, like growing? Dude, they grow, they grow that all over. Really? Yeah, and it was. I mean, that. I mean, I've thing. seen narcos. I mean, I know they do in Mexico, but I, I don't even know what they're doing up here. In the you're thinking of Yosemite. The, well, we were. I think the furthest north we were up in. Um, we didn't go. We didn't go to Humboldt County, but we went to Butte County. We did a big. That was the biggest grow we were in. All three teams met there, and and we did did this big huge thing where it's just. And it was like Army National Guard was with us, and you know the sheriff. Usually the sheriffs and our team had a guy from uh, Grid Gridley PD or two guys from Gridley PD, four Highway Patrol, and then one other guy, but I can't remember what what agency he was from. Okay, so this is interesting. So I don't think that most uh, I, people. I actually didn't even. I forgot all about it until it just kind of came up. Well, yeah, I don't. But I don't even think most people would think that. Okay, if I'm going to go on the Highway Patrol, 
I could potentially be doing, you know, drug enforcement on a task force jumping from helicopters. Like no one's going to say, put those two together that I've ever heard of. I've never heard this before. Well, it was, it was run by the department of justice. So you have that state agency. And so you have like, so, so for me to be on a task force, that means that the, the task force doesn't have to be sworn outside of the County that you're in. You can go anywhere in the state as long as you have a state officer okay. with you. So, um, so, and you're a state officer. Yeah, it was high patrol. So uh, I'm saying, but that's the state that's, police. That's what counts as the state yeah. officer. So you guys can go anywhere in the state. Anywhere in the state uh, with a few exceptions. So the, I'm guessing it's one of those things because I know we have a certain task force. I'm guessing it's one of those things that they will always have somebody attached to this from your agency to make sure that they have that ability. The high patrol has a foothold in just about every single uh, major task force in the state of California. Really? Doesn't matter if it's a, they they're on the Secret Service Task Force, the FBI Task Force, um, LA County where I worked Task Force. Uh, when I did the the DOJ thing, I was on their Task Force. But they have um, every. I mean, they even have guys to go out and the foreign. What is it? Fear a foreign export and recovery. You know, they have people assigned just to do inspections of containers. Is this for people? No, no. It's just they're looking for stolen okay. stolen stuff. Really? Yeah. Okay. Do they come? Have you ever come across like anything crazy looking for the stuff? Like stolen cars? No, like I'm. I'm imagining a container full of people. I don't know. No, I've going. never come across a container full of people. I mean, that's what they always they show. They don't really. I, they don't really import them in containers because it's so much easier just to have them walk across these days. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or put them in trunks of cars. But no, they. I think when they put them in containers, mostly it's uh, to drive them across. Okay. Uh, but I I know guys down at the at the border checkpoint that. Um, They've had yeah they've had whole containers full of people. That's crazy. They put them in front of a big X ray machine and there they are. It's That's kind of nice. interesting. Okay, so okay, let's back up a little bit. So you start when you're 25. You get shipped down to LA County. You don't want to go to LA County, but you're like, okay, I'm going. I have the lowest numbers or whatever my numbers are. Yeah. And um, you end up in Central LA. Central LA, yeah. All right. So what do you do when you're in Central LA? What does that mean for a highway patrol for so you? Central LA is uh, downtown Los Angeles. It's um it goes all the way up into Hollywood, um it goes as far east to the as the inner uh, LA um excuse me East LA. Sorry, I meant to mention this earlier, but I we had to mention that you're wearing my daughter's uh, headphones and <laughs> for anyone watching, they're teal green. Sorry, I only have one set of black, and you pulled a short straw today. That, so. That's okay because you know what? They'll never be the same. I'll probably <laughs> have to buy her because my head's so giant. <laughs> that's it's funny. Okay, sorry. Continue. So Central LA. Central LA is the downtown area. It's um. It's the East LA interchange. It's the four level freeway. It goes up into uh, up into Hollywood up by Universal Studio. It goes down uh, through South Central to where it turns into South LA, right right around near the 105. So, but it, there's not one surface beat at Central Los Angeles. So they're all freeways. I think it's 67 geographical miles of, of freeways. And that's, really? Yeah, and it's. It's it's really not that big of an area compared to the other ones. I mean, I know there's a million freeways because it takes me like six freeways to go to one place. But I mean, it's, it's to- really funny when you're when when you're driving downtown and you've you know you've worked there a long time and you're uh, like in my case, my wife was telling me I was going the wrong way, and I was like, no, I'm not going the wrong. Way. <laughs> <laughs> I might not be going your way, but I'm not going the wrong. I, way. I know how to get where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. All right. So you worked the freeways. I worked the freeways for two years, three months, and then I moved down to. Uh, South LA, um, almost for like the uh, like bragging rights. 
because I my my original my original goal was to work uh, South LA, Stockton, Oakland, and then finish up in South Sacramento and South Lake Tahoe. So oh, that'd be really, nice. So I could really just kind of you know go into like more of a you know nature type thing. But I, I wanted to work I wanted to work all the all the uh, the busiest areas, but I ended up just kind of staying in, in uh, South LA. Okay, so when you're working in LA, South LA, Central LA, are you like I'm going to ask this question? If you get pulled over by a uh, chippy, I'm calling you chippy. That's if you get pulled over by a chippy on the freeway, what are the chances you getting out of that ticket? I don't. Tickets are a dime a dozen. They're pretty easy. If someone came up with a pretty funny uh, excuse of why they were doing something, they always kind of got a pass. But otherwise, it's you're you're done. You know, it's it's what you you know you like it paid. You got to. You know, when you got a, uh, everyone says, oh, there's a quota, there's a quota. It's like, well, there's there's no, de- there's definitely not a quota. Yeah, because quotas are illegal. Because they're illegal. But there definitely is an expected amount of work to do. And if, you know, you come in and you've been working out there a 12-hour shift, 8-hour shift, or 10-hour shift, whatever, and you come in with no activity, it's like, what you, what the hell did you do? Right. How did you earn, you know, the, the, the people are paying you to, to work. So it's like, well, what did you do? Well, it's funny because it's like you never, you never want to be that guy that gets pulled over. I mean, I still get nervous when I see a CHP guy behind me. I'm like, come on, you should please yeah. don't please don't pull me. Over. <laughs> I don't I don't want to deal with this right now. Um, but I mean, there's always those times where you're on the freeway and you see somebody doing some stupid shit going up the freeway, and you're like, can this guy get pulled over? Like, I have no power. I'm in my plane car, or whatever, or regular car. But I'm like, can someone please get this guy? Like, this is ridiculous. So, I mean, obviously, you're there for a reason. We need we need to have guys out there. People, but everyone people do is stupid shit in their cars. Yeah, and it's just flat out just some just stupid things, and they hide a lot of stuff in their cars that they don't want anybody to find. Which I'm sure you've yeah. come across some really interesting stuff doing vehicle searches. Yeah, absolutely. And you're like, is this a penis pump? I mean, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it, funny. Yeah, I know. I mean, we do. You come across all types of stuff. It's, I mean, it's not just that, but like obviously illegal stuff. Like people are like, yeah. like hiding guns. And I'm sure, like, um, when they're trying to get away from you guys or speeding down the freeway, and then you pull them over. I mean, people are doing all types of nonsense to, before you. They even stop. I'm sure. Yeah. So, yeah. do you are are you do you feel comfortable like when you're on the freeway pulling someone over on the freeway? I always tried to get people off the freeway because you know they. I mean, any, anything can happen when you're standing on the side of the shoulder. I mean, you could get debris gets kicked up. Um, you know, I've, I've one of our armor officers got killed by an, uh, a tire. Almost or did? She got killed. It was the first female Jeez. officer, and I think I was in the academy when it happened. She was, I think it was, I believe it was on the 91, and a tire came off and bounced over the center rider and went through and, and hit her. That's and, insane. Yeah, and it was, yeah, the freeway, the freeway's not a, like one of the freakiest things I've ever seen is like, uh, I went to this call and this dude had a he had a gash across his face and it was an old uh, lawnmower blade that had probably been ran over thousands and thousands of times and it for some reason it just went airborne went right through the windshield and oh and my goodness hit him right in the forehead and I mean I was just like what the you're thinking someone threw it out the window yeah but it wasn't it was like it probably just was airborne because there was so much wheat. I mean, it was there. You could see it. it had been run over so many times. Did he survive that? I think so. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Oh, it wasn't my it wasn't my call. I just oh, showing up to yeah. see the. I just remember anytime I've been on the freeway, like on duty on the freeway, I'm always like, nope. Like I have no interest in getting out and pulling someone over on the freeway because I mean, obviously we don't train that way. I'm sure you guys train it, but do you do you actually do they train you to 
do the freeway stops or they train you to pull them off? They, well, they train you to the freeway stops and like our motors, I don't know what the, they, they always stop on the freeway or a lot of them. But um, I mean, I can tell you 24.7 years, almost never got used to it. No, no. So it's not like, yeah, it's not like, oh, you guys are comfortable. Yeah. yeah it's, it's something that you, you, you probably should never get complacent with um, because the freeway is definitely not a place you want to stand because, you know, people are hauling ass. I yeah. Mean, you know, I mean, I've had people go by me, at, you know, within a couple of feet at 90 miles an hour. And you hear them, you hear them rev their engine up to go fast because they, they know you're not going to jump in and catch up. Right. Yeah. So I've never, I never once felt really comfortable stopping anybody on the freeway. It was always just kind of like, or stopping to, to help somebody or, you know, you go to a crash and yeah, never, never, never felt comfortable doing it. That's crazy. Yeah. I will be, there was a guy, I was, my, my car did something. I don't know if it was a tire. I can't remember. And um, one of your guys came and stopped behind me. I'm like, oh, he's, you know, obviously he wanted to verify it was my car and stuff, but um, immediately got me help. Like, you know, I mean, I know you guys do that. It's not just like pulling people over. Like, he got me help. Sure, play like, with the badge sometimes. Yeah, in minutes, you know, and it was helpful. I was, I was like, oh, I was actually like <laughs> happy he stopped because otherwise I'd have been there for a lot longer. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's an interesting feeling getting out of a, a car on the freeway, especially when you just come across the car just blocking a lane. And you're like, oh shit, you know, what do I, usually it was usually when I was the passenger in the car, you know, it would be like a younger guy and they wouldn't, they wouldn't know what to do. Cause me, I just haul ass, turn around and come back and start putting, you know, put on the radio call and see who's in the area and we stop traffic. But I've had people just like, oh, there's a car here in the number three lane. I'm going to stop behind it and get out. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, I see some crazy stuff driving, like driving up the freeways. And I, like, I remember this one time. Um, I mean, it's not even on duty; it's just driving off duty. And this lady, she gets in a TC. I guess she got in a TC on the other side, going southbound, and she had run from it. And these, so I see, like, there's, you know, like, Chippy's up there, stop this car or whatever. I didn't know what's going on, but right in front of me, this tow truck slams its brakes, and. This other, people are waving. I, I slam my brakes. Luckily, I'm far enough up behind him. I don't crash. I get out, and he had hit this lady who had ran from that TC, hopped the median, jumped over into yeah. northbound lanes, done. And I'm like, and that guy was, he. you could tell he was just like blank stare, oh. you know. And then your guys came over and like, oh, this she just ran from RTC. And I'm like, what's going on, man? Like, this is crazy. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't, have, I don't know how many people you know that have, have you know, shot people but they're never they're never the same oh no you know and i'm i I probably know i think i have four old trainees that have been in shootings and they're still kind of like you know not skittish but you know just kind of like you know they have to have that look yeah you know and then a couple of old partners and stuff like that you're never the same but i but i can like a car i mean you're not expecting that person to run and jump in front of you well, I mean, you they're not even, they're not just driving up the freeway. They're not even like, it's not like us, we're at work yeah. and we're kind of expecting something's going to happen sometime during the day, right? They're just driving and yeah. then this happens. Because <clears throat> most people are looking at their hood ornament when they drive their cars. That's why they rear end people. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, I couldn't imagine, you know, all of a sudden you know, this ped just appears in front of you and it's like smack. And yeah. then it's like, you know, you carry that, you carry that along with yeah, you. Forever, yeah, forever, yeah. Yeah. I, I this, uh, this fatal crash up on the 405 and the uh, lady was, uh, she was, she was cut in half basically about chest high. And I had, when I had to, uh, I had to call and talk to one of the witnesses and the witness was kind of funny. He was like, 
he goes, yeah, he goes, I stopped to, I stopped to uh, see what I could do. And he was learning. He goes like, he goes, I'm not going to lie to you. I had to drink myself to sleep last night. And all I said, all I could really say was like, you know, welcome, welcome to the club because, you know, and I said, it'll, it'll get better. You'll, you'll forget it, but it'll, it'll be there for a while on you. Yeah. And, you know, and, and you know, the guy was a really nice guy and he probably every now and then still pops into his head. Oh yeah. I think it's popping in your head all the time. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. So you're in central LA, you're working the freeways mm-hmm. and you get down to South LA and you, and this is like a busy area. South LA is one of the busiest areas. Yes. And you were kind of telling me the other day that this is known for like, if you get, if you work South LA for like, what's expect, like, I want to say like the, like the life of a, of a CHP officer in South LA, how often would you expect, how long would you expect them to work there? You know, it, it's, it's one of those things you either, you either stay there forever or you're a short timer and you just kind of, you know, you know, longest, like usually like that five, six year where you get tired of the commute. Yeah. And then you want to go move somewhere like the Inland Empire or whatever. Where me, I just, you know, I, I never got tired because I ended up living 13 miles away from my office. So it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not a bad drive. No, not at all. Not at all. So you, you really enjoyed working down here. I did. Yeah. I, I enjoyed South, South LA especially. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you like the most about it? Like what was the, what was the thing that really kept you going? Probably the, you know, the, the people in the community, you know, they're, they're happy to see you and, you know, you're, you know, yeah, you might be just be sitting there watching a stop sign, you know, but you know, maybe two weeks before that, a kid got hit there. So now that's why you're, you know, you're sitting there and then all the, you get to know all the neighbors, you know, the, the people in the churches and stuff like that. And, you know, it's just, they, I've been invited to Thanksgiving dinners before because they see me, Hey, come on in, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I mean, that is one thing that I think people expect, like, the community based on like what the media shows it's that like everybody hates police officers but that's really not the truth not i mean all. we i mean there have been several incidents oh. where we're standing out there on a swat call out or something going on and neighbors will come out and be like, hey do you guys need anything water you want water, any coffee yeah. you want yeah. anything use the bathroom anything because we're out there for hours yeah and you're and most people they're pro law enforcement they want they want to see you be successful they're not they're not out there Hating on you, yelling at you. Well, even months. even you know, like like family members and longtime friends, like, oh, it must be really hard for you these days. I was like, well, why? You know, and it's like, well, you, you know, are you going to believe the television? Because even when you tell them, like, no, not really. You know, it's like the majority of the community are happy to see you. Yeah. You know, they really want you there. And, um, you know, they're like, you have these family friends and stuff like that. Like, well, you know, but I see it on TV and it's like, it's a very small population of the people you know, that probably some of them aren't even doing anything wrong or don't do anything wrong in their life, but they just say, oh, you know, F the police, you know, because that's the popcorn thing. Because yeah. I mean, let's face it, you know, you know, how many Rams, how many Rams fans are going to be next, next season, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, the front, or even the Bengals, there's going to be tons more uh, next year than there were this year. It's funny because you said that, like, there are a lot of people that even were going to cities from out of state or out of this county to go and do these, like, the, when the riots happen and stuff like that. They were coming from all over the place to do that. Don't even, don't even get me started. I, I, so, so I was, I was in a, we were in unmarked cars yeah. in, in Hollywood uh, watching crimes being committed, and we were watching people get dropped off by Uber with bags. Like, they just flew into town to to do this stuff. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I'm just assuming that's why they were there. Um, but yeah, it was a, it, it was a very unique position to be in. And we actually, uh, we stopped this, uh, strong arm robbery of this kid he got his phone stolen, but you know, he was, he was one of the organizers. He had like his green vest on. And so we, 
we basically pull up on these guys to get, they're getting ready to jack and they, they're jacking them anyway. So we kind of like scared them off and we're like, Hey, do you get, get in the fucking car? Let's, we'll take you wherever you want to go. And so this, this asshole starts put these guys are the cops. These guys are the cops. Like, Wait, the guy, the, huh, guy, the guy that was a victim, the victim just started yelling to everybody who we were. And we're like, Hey dude, we're trying to help you. We're get in, you know, cause who knows what they're going to do you next, you know, cause you keep walking. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was it, that whole, that whole George Floyd thing. That was a whole different, a whole different animal. I mean, that was, that was, I mean, that was worse than the, when, when Trump got elected, there was no plan for, for what happened on that. Right. But the other side definitely had a plan for if he, if he got elected and they were out there protesting, throwing bottles at us and, and rocks and stuff. But the George Floyd thing, what that took it to an absolute different hemisphere yeah. of just bat shit crazy. Well, I feel like everybody was like caught up. I mean, I would say caught off guard. I mean, we saw it starting on the East coast and working its way over here, but it still felt like it, agencies were just completely yeah. unprepared. Yeah. Well, I mean, how do you prepare for that? I know. I, I mean, I know Long Beach. I mean, there's still boards on windows in Long Beach downtown. You know, and, and my neighbor, my neighbor thought it was all cool. She's like, oh, you know, we went around, we went and looked, I showed, we showed all the kids, all the artwork that they put on these board up windows. It was like, what kind of lesson are you, you know, what, what is that? I mean, I don't understand it. Instead of just taking them down or just like, I mean, they're just, I mean, the businesses are worried that something's going to, I mean, they're there for a reason. Well, they put the artwork up there, but I was, I was more like making note of like my neighbor going around saying, oh, look at the, you know, they boarded this window up and then they covered it with art. Yeah. Well, why why did the window need to be boarded up in the first place? Is you know, I right. should say this is a bad thing, not a good, not a good thing artistic wise. Well, I know that like yeah, that there's businesses that were just preparing um, all over the place, preparing for what's going to happen, and the businesses that didn't prepare because I mean, really, the police can only do so much, right? Like, we only have a certain amount of officers working or, or a certain amount of people yeah. that can resources, and then you have thousands of people come upon your city and the businesses, a lot of them, which were was a smart thing. They took it upon themselves to really protect themselves, you know, because obviously we can only do so much. You can, you can, you have to kind of protect in place and just kind of like try to protect the lives, not the property. Because I mean, you could really honestly in about 10 minutes, make enough rest to just kind of deplete your, your force to where you're, you're ineffective now. Yeah. You know, really, really, really fast. Yeah, we were running around like a, with our heads cut off easily. I mean, we, we had we couldn't keep up. Oh no, we we uh, we were on the we were on the sheriff's and the LAPD frequencies, and they were just okay. So you were you playing clothes at the time? Yeah. Okay. So all right, we're gonna we gotta catch up because so just to get your we like, weren't in the black and white car. Tell me, hey, there's the police. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. But so you're at this point, you're on the task force. Yeah, I was on I was on our uh, yeah I was on the task force. But when we get called back to do stuff like that, we went back to the core unit, which is the CHP. Okay. Um, they have a um, they have their major crime unit, and then they have their auto theft. And CHP is big in auto theft. They're like the statewide coordinators for it. Okay. Um, so there was two different sides, and I was with the guy that was on a task force for a Department of Insurance at the time. We we're kind of paired up, but yeah, we were just sitting there, just watching watching crimes happen, and just calling out, you know, the. Uh, the other agencies to come in was know, was that the uh, was that what they wanted you to do? They tell you, hey, you 
you are not to intervene unless that was our whole function and you know just be witnesses yeah you're not you're not in really you don't really have your protective equipment it's in the car but you know i mean what do you i don't know if you ever worked in unmarked or yeah. uh, plain clothes it's like you're just you know all you're doing is i did a lot of surveillance right you know and you're sitting there in surveillance you're kind of leaning back and you know just watching people do stuff and yeah we were watching that and i right down the street here we were uh we were getting coffee at glory dave's and um, we heard him pop the door at uh, that Walgreens or Walgreens or CVS. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's the glory days. Yeah, it's right there. We're, we're sitting there like we thought it was a car crash because the, the, it was a window that they, they popped and they went in there and we heard him pop open the rolling door in the uh, in the pharmacy. And it's like we go around there and like, you know, it's four kids in there stealing, stealing the, all the drugs. And it's like, you know, that wasn't that wasn't like social disobedience was that was straight straight just thievery it was all thievery yeah so how did you end up on the task force okay so what task force you started how many task force were you on i was on a a task force in 2001 for the campaign against marijuana uh with camps like c-a-m-p and then um then i was on trap for the the last two years of my uh, career and then i just finally was just like I found out I could just sit at home and make the same amount of money, and now because I had purchased a bunch, I I paid a lot into my retirement. Oh, that's cool. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna smart choice. I'm gonna sit home and watch it on TV now, and everyone's happy. But I I don't have enough stuff to do. That's why I'm probably here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime. Yeah. Uh, so okay. So how did you get on the task force? So you're you're working South LA. You're working like you're, I know you like you work DUIs. DUI, no, I was a big uh, auto theft guy. So you're already doing auto theft. I was stuff. already, I was already every single night. It was just, you know, I mean, a DUI is a DUI, but um, and I've don't well, get me I feel wrong. Like you guys are always down for DUIs. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I you know people people downplay the DUIs, but if you if you ever, you know, if if you don't mind going to court and testifying, then a DUI is a great great thing. And you and you do a lot by taking a person that's impaired off the street. I mean, you really do, you know, but. I've had three cars stolen from me, oh, really? so I just hate people that steal cars. And I will say that the, the, the lower person that has stolen my cars from me has stolen people's work vans with all their tools in them because I had an uncle that had all his tools stolen. And so they were that's just the lowest of the low to me. And uh, no, I just I just had this I always had this you know thing for stolen cars and yeah. because stolen why do you steal a car to commit a crime? And what's going to happen? probably gonna run from the police yeah so you know so i got in lots of pursuits and that's ultimately probably like the why i ended up going to the task force because i was just you know i had 20 plus years on and i was working graveyards and it was like i had one one december where i was like i think i got 10 where i was either primary secondary or the the the, uh, the officer in charge supervisor of it and I was just like, you know, I describe for people what that means. Primary, secondary. So, I mean, most people here are listening are probably yeah. law enforcement. So primary is the first car behind the, the car you're chasing. And they're usually they're the ones that, uh, um, start initiate the pursuit or they're the ones that took it over from another area. Cause we're real good about passing it off from, from one area to another, to another right. agency. And then your secondary is the one that calls out all your, your freeways and your directions and stuff like that. And then with us, we have a, uh, usually your third car there is a supervisor and then sometimes cars will follow that for various reasons. They'll they'll, they'll trail, you know, in case there's a f- foot pursuit or something. 
But um, yeah, I'd, I got a whole bunch of them, and I was just like, you know what? Something's gonna go. Something's gonna go bad. And uh, he isn't going pretty fast on the freeway. I mean, how fast is? What's the fastest you went on the freeway? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, chasing somebody. Chasing somebody? Yeah. Oh, uh, 140. Yeah. Yeah, I chased a. Uh, I had a car with no light rack, no light bar, and we were about 140. Wow. Crown Victoria, low bid. Is it shaking while you're driving? You know, that car That car wasn't that bad. It really wasn't that bad. Um, but at some point, my, I looked at my partner, um, and I was like, hey, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slow down. We ended up catching them because we, we already got the license plates. We had units at the house already. Uh, right. We just slowed down, and, and I was asking, what do you think that thing was going? He goes, he goes I bet you that thing was going 160. That's crazy. Yeah. And the thing, while you're in it, you're just in it. And then when you realize, when your mind catches up to what you're actually doing and you see the the speedometer and you're like, what is going on with, why, like, almost like why? Oh, we chased a motorcycle around uh, Carson and Long Beach for about 20 minutes one night. And I had this partner had like two and a half years on was riding with me. And I told him, I was like, hey, you know the difference between me and you today? He was what? I go, I'm going to go home and go to sleep like a baby and you're going to be, you know, you're going to be up. He's like, no, 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 I won't, I won't, I won't. But, you know, it was still, it was the... It was, uh, it was, it was, it was fun. And like I, like I've told my wife for us, like if I could go jump in my car and get one right now, I would do it. Yeah. You know, all in a heartbeat. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. I mean, there really is nothing, nothing like it. No, I mean, there's not. I mean, that's why I think there's tons of video games out there for everyone. Yeah. But the more you, the more, I mean, you definitely get better at it because I know my last pursuit was a lot better than my first one. I think the first one, the guy got away. But you had a faster car. I just remember on training. <laughs> I remember on training this guy. Um, I was with this uh, one of my friends now, but I had him for one day as a training officer. And this car takes off. Just I don't even know if it's stolen or anything. Just takes off, right? And I'm in the fast lane of whatever street I'm on, and I'm like, I can't get around the car in front of me. And he's yelling, he's like, "You're the fucking police, dude. Go!" And I'm like, "Oh, I." It's like you don't even know. You're not. Yeah. Trying to, oh, I can go around people. I'm like, oh yeah. And then um, he's like, that guy got you. He smoked me and gone, oh, the freeway gone. Yeah. He's gone. He's like, it's like a Corvette or something. I'm like, he's gone. But it's just funny. Like, yeah, but when, you, when you're chasing someone, I mean, it's an adrenaline rush. I think a lot of us deal with this, like, this adrenaline thing. That's why, I mean, you, we're in this career for a reason, and, we, and people survive this career for a reason, but you just get constant, a constant adrenaline, like, up and down throughout the day. Well, I think that's ultimately, like, uh, people's lives get shortened because, you know, your adrenaline – um, like the studies I've read, I've read, um, when you get that adrenaline rush, it's like, it stays with you for several days, you know, and then you, you put that on like every single night. Yeah. And multiple times a night. It's not just yeah. one oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking about this. I've been talking about this recently. This like, I feel like it's like a thing called, I called it adrenaline chasing and I really, I've read a lot about it and basically what people call is hypervigilance, but it's mm-hmm. this idea of just like constantly going to calls and it's like you're you're going up and down endorphins just like pumping like it's crazy what we deal with on a daily basis and then what do you do with it like where does it all go you know and then you you go home it's like it has to go somewhere you know and then you just adrenaline dump and then that's why you got guys who are just like exhausted all the time oh yeah you never it's like the it's the guys in our profession you like you always have like low testosterone you have all these different health health things that end up will catch up to you eventually, no matter how well you take care of yourself. It will catch up to you. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. why you have, like, the, the LAPD SWAT guy that died uh, running the uh, LA Marathon, like, 10 years ago. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, he just 
drop dead running the marathon. And the dude was in, you know, part of their like Delta force of fucking LAPD, whatever. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. I can tell. I, I mean, definitely it's part of the attraction to the job, but it also can be a detriment if we're not, if it doesn't, it's not handled correctly. It can be a detriment. Yeah. So you're, you're sitting there chasing cars and you end up on trap. And that's the first thing you ended up on, right? The first task force? No, I ended up on our, uh, well, my first task force was in 01 for the marijuana task force. And then my, okay. later on in my career, I went to our auto theft unit. Okay. And then after I was an auto theft unit a year, they sent me, there was a position opened up in trap and they, that's, they just sent me over there. So the marijuana unit, was that the one where you're jumping from helicopters? We were hanging under helicopters. It was fun. Yeah. It wasn't, that was a blast. I mean, I, I mean, that's probably the most fun I've, I think I, I, I mean, I, I got overtime on that. I got hanging out of helicopters. That's I wish fun. I wish I had some I had some cool pictures for a while. I don't know where they're at. Of you under under a helicopter upside down or something? Yeah, you know, I was like like a like one. I was like I hung upside down. I put my feet up, and I took a picture from the bottom of the helicopter. And you know, I was hanging upside down because at, at point at one point you just got to kind of say, you know, if you fall, you're you're, you're not surviving that. So you just kind of like let it let it go, <laughs> and it's. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. That's funny. A that sounds lot. pretty cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Okay, so if you join the CHP, you can end up on the marijuana task force and hang upside down from helicopters. You could wear. You could end up on a lots of different task force if you uh, play your cards right. So is it? Yeah. So how, what's the competition for something like that? Like to get on these task force? I mean, you you were basically twenty years down the road. Or I mean, more. you gotta. I mean, you gotta. You know, be that not that hyper vigilant officer, but you have to be that one that has your. You know, you. You know how to do all your paperwork right. Um, you know you you show you basically you're not a shithead. You're not you know you know because I mean we both know guys that get in trouble all the time for yeah. dumb things. Not even like something worth getting in trouble for. They just get in trouble like not turning a report in or something like that. So I mean you got to you got to be that person that that is you know like basically solid so they can say. Hey, I'm gonna put this person with these other allied agencies, and you know he's not gonna embarrass us. Yeah, you know, and I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I embarrassed myself or or my agency. You know, I mean, I'm trying to your reputation. Yeah, you. I mean, it's reputation. It's it's your it's your work ethic. It's, yeah. I mean, it, it's lots of things. I mean, I had, I think I had 60 trainees before I, uh, before I left uh, to go to the uh, to the auto theft unit. You know, so it wasn't like I it was. You know, and I was I was that guy that always said, "Hey, I, I want a new," because I didn't. I, I'd worked with these guys who were trained by other people, and I just didn't like working with them because they, you know, they they, they would come just, out all messed up. They, or know, not like not up to par toward the area. No, I mean it's it's you know you the effort put in is, is the effort you get out, and if you know you're going to put the effort in to to try to make people work and the way and to do the stuff the way they're supposed to do it and. I mean, you know, I mean, you're an F, were you an FTO? Yeah. So when you were an FTO, did you show people how to cut corners? Or did you kind of, no. you, you, you show them the right way to do it, and then yeah. they figure the corner cutting out later. Oh, I mean, when that's they come what we tell, you, they tell come everybody. Ask you a like, yeah, we tell yeah. all the guys. I mean, listen, you're going to, I mean, even now, like, as a sergeant, like, the guys, they're going to cut corners on their own, obviously. I mean, and think in any profession anywhere, people yeah. are going to find a shortcut to do something. Um, and I try to tell guys all the time, like, if you do it right, and we won't have a problem. As soon as you start cutting corners, that's when everything starts falling apart. Well, as you as a supervisor, you just never want to be surprised about anything. Yeah. And when you when you go there and you ask the question, you can I mean, I can I can tell you right now, you probably know when people are bullshitting you. Oh yeah. You know, and you're like, cause they cause they always 
when people would bullshit you, they they don't always come out with the answer right away. They pause. Well, it was funny. We had this. In, I had this conversation just today. Yeah. So this, they, they this guy comes in. They tell you shit. Yeah. Well, this guy comes in. And he, it wasn't even my guy. He asked the next sergeant, "Hey, hey, like he was skipping briefing. He was like, I'm gonna go down and handle something downtown. Because mm-hmm. I'm gonna handle something. Do you have motor? No. Oh, it's not. <laughs> and then he goes, and then they uh, sergeant asked him a quote. Like he's like, okay, cool. And he goes like, hey, what is it? Oh, it's a thing. Um, I was asked to do. And it was like it was like. Pulling teeth to get in, yeah. the, it's just to say what it was. And he's like, dude, and we're both sitting there. I'm like, dude, you're, you're giving him a headache. You can see this confused look on the sergeant's face. I'm like, just tell, just say what you're doing, man. Like, be, let's just let's be transparent and what's going on. Like, it's not a big deal. You'll be, you'll be allowed to go do whatever you need to do. Yeah, it's I just mean, fun. it's just crazy. Like, yeah, you, I get what you're saying though. The idea of like um, cutting corners and how how much of a problem it causes, and you can definitely read people. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's like th- there's corners you can cut and everything, and there's shortcuts you can take to get from. A to Z, but there's, you know, in, in stuff we do, you, it's like you got to follow a specific path to get there. And, you know, if you if you cut something off a little bit, that could mean a lot. You know, I, recently there was a deal. Um, I've noticed this, and I think a lot of this has to do with, like, the political climate. So I think that because um, when officers are doing their job, like doing proactive police work, and they're – uh, taking someone to jail for whatever reason it is, you know, stolen car, gun, whatever. And then that guy is out the next day. They realize, like, they start thinking, like, okay, what is my what is my effort showing me? And they start lo- slowly, by slowly and surely, they start doing, they're like, well, why am I going to put out extra effort if they're not seeing repercussions at the back end? Like, this guy's, there's no reason for me to go out and do p- proactive police work if nothing's going to happen to these people and I'm putting my life in danger and my job in danger. And then there's incidents where you get called to, you get a call for service for whatever mm-hmm. it is. Let's say domestic violence. And it's just, I'm make, making this part up. So there's domestic violence. We know that there's absolutes that you have to do on domestic violence. You have to, you have to take enforcement. You have to take a report, you take someone to jail if someone's there. Like there's things you have to do. I believe it's the only, only thing you actually have to book for. Uh, we have California. a few things, but it's de- oh, maybe in California. In California, but, in California law is actually the only thing you actually have to book for. And so we have guy. I'm not saying this kind of this exact incident, but you have people who go out there and go, "Well, I'm going to sl- let's say cut a corner here, and that corner could cause not only someone their life, but your job. I mean, that's oh, a, yeah. just because you're getting lazy because you, you these one thing leads to another. And so I'm trying to tell guys like, look, handle your business the first time in the right way. So you don't have to deal with the back end of like the fallout of what could potentially happen. Yeah. I mean, and it's so, it's so easy to do it. Like I would tell people, it's so easy just to do it the right way. Yeah. You know, and when I was training people, like that's what I always say. It's like, it's so easy to do it this way because I would sit and watch people try to like not take a report and they were working <laughs> harder. They were working so that. much fucking harder yeah. to not to not do what they're supposed to do than just to take it. Yeah. Cause I mean, I mean, I don't know about you, man, but I, I can't even tell you how many reports I've taken that I didn't want to take, but it's like, oh, yeah. it's so, it's so even, even reports I, I'm not required to take. Okay. Well, you just- yeah. If someone says, I want to report for this and it's like you said, it could be, it's going to take you 20 minutes to try to put, put on it off or push it off or advise it or whatever you want to call it. And then it's still going to end up being someone that wants a report. I mean, and, not, take the report. and not to mention what's, what's that impression you're leaving on that person where they're saying, Oh, you know what? I, 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 you know, I pay all my taxes. I do this. I'm a good person. And you know, this person doesn't want to come and do their, do what's yeah, required. I absolutely. mean, it's, it's, it's terrible. And I, I would just sit there and I laugh at people like, 
why are you trying so hard not to take this property damage only crash? Really? I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> it was just, it was just weird. To, I don't know. It's kind of weird. So it's like your reputation. You're the guy that's handling business. You're the guy that's doing all the training. How long were you in FTO for? Oh, shit. Um, 15 or 16 years. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah. I only did a couple of years before I promoted. And even that, I was it was wearing on me. Just dealing with, like, I feel like the 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 mental, like, I, I think I had higher expectations. I don't even think I would be okay with myself on training. You know, when I was on training, yeah. I think about myself on training, I'm like, that was terrible, but like having, I had high expectations for the guys that came out of the academy. I had I had one one good FTO, which kind of like said why well, I had two because they were partners, but they kind of like traded off traded off because you know one would be off, and then so I had really two really good FTOs, but the rest of them were kind of like. So I never wanted I never wanted to do that to anybody. Yeah, and uh, the my only my only thing was I would not. We had four phases. I don't know how you guys do it. We have four phases. Yeah. Um. I just wouldn't do the first, the first phase because I was always a, a swing shift guy, mostly a graveyard guy. Okay. So you don't want that. You don't want that person fresh out of the academy. And they would usually wouldn't put them on graveyards anyway. Really? No. Oh, they mix it up, and our they just mix it up. It depends. It depends on how many how many uh, tos they have, and then you know sometimes you will because you get that that call from the academy saying, "Oh, this guy's you know scored away, or he's got prior experience, or whatever." I mean, he's from the area. Yeah. And I think phase three and phase four, you're able to do a little more anyway. Oh, big time. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of good. And then you can keep, keep on pushing and like get them more experience on doing auto theft stuff or more enforcement action versus just the the basic stuff. I I found that if I could just get through a phase where I I could teach the person how to put their position out inside of an alley, I would think that was like, for me, that was like, okay, well you're in this alley. So how are you going to put this out if you need help? And a lot of people don't think, you know, they're not thinking that way because you, you don't know the address. Right. You might know the block number, but you don't know the address. So it's like, you know, you got to give two reference points and you got to give the right direction. Right. And, you know, when you, I, you know, when you get that adrenaline pump, it's like, I mean, even, even I've like, shit, I had, I had 20 years on and um, I was officer in charge one night and we were, all our units were tied up. And so I went to this call of this uh, pet on the freeway. Well, it wasn't a pet on the freeway. It was somebody that had, that had done a, a, a burglary, and they pushed the safe out of the back of the car to try to open it, and they were putting the safe back in. They were actually trying to pry the safe open on the on the side of the shoulder. Really? Oh, dude. And I'll, I couldn't even figure out a fucking when – when the car took – it turned into a pursuit. But I'm like – I'm putting it out, but I – and I've been in – I don't even know how many pursuits, you know, even with our, like the old system and the new system of the radio cars, I was hitting, I was hitting the button. I got my lights to work, but I couldn't get my siren on because I was just, because the way these, 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 um, individuals got back into the car, I thought they were coming out with guns. Really? Yeah. And I, I'll never forget. I threw my car in reverse and I backed up about 40, 50 feet. And uh, because they they were not in a hurry to get in their in their automobile, they kind of the doors were open. One kid walked all the way around the front of the car and just leaned in the car, didn't get in it right away. And I was like, "Oh shit, it's happening right now!" Jeez, yeah. And it was, but I mean, even it doesn't it reminds matter. Reminds me about videos, all the videos we see, like the guys on the freeway when they just grab their guns out of the car and search. Yeah, them. I mean, it was like that was. I mean, and I had a I had a bunch of time on. I was definitely not a. A rookie. I was pretty experienced when that happened, and and that kind of that kind of gave me a little bit of a wake up call too. Like, hey, you know what? 
you thought I was going to be some fucking soccer mom in the, her uh, BMW X3 that you with the flat tire, but no, it was these. You know, I think there ended up being four guys in the car, and yeah, it was a, uh, it was, it was definitely an eye opening. And you know, I mean, then not to mention your whole shift's tied up. Oh yeah. So who's coming to? You know, no one's coming to help you. You know, right away. I mean, LAPD always shows up really quick, especially if they're not taking reports. But um, you know, they're they're oh. good. They're good, really good about that. Actually, every agency's good when you call them for like CHP calls. They, they usually have no problem have somebody come out and help you out because they know that you know we don't run that deep all the time. Yeah. I mean that t- that I call alone just tells you why why you shouldn't. Um, drop your guard, like going to any oh. any type of call. I mean, even like a stranded motorist, oh. like you said, or or whatever. Well, that and I was I was a solo unit that night, and our the, the CHP policy is it's between uh, 12, 12 a.m. and five a.m. that you're supposed to have a, a two man cars. Oh, really? Yeah, but when you're you know with if you're odd that night, and but you're you, a city officer in charge. That was OIC, so I basically was supervisor, right. shift supervisor, and you know they'll, they'll do that to senior people sometimes. They don't have somebody working, and uh, yeah, so I was I was solo by myself. You know, the, all my units were tied up with the guy that dove was all upset. He dove out of the side of an Uber car, you know, going like fifty miles an hour on the freeway, and so you know they're trying to mop this shit up, and I, I get in this little mini pursuit. Everyone's laughing at me because I was I was I got in a lot of pursuits. Were you off your game, or you were you on your game? Oh, that was all my game. I was always uh, on my game, uh, but I was I wasn't on my game with the siren. That's for sure because. That uh, that didn't shake me up. It just kind of like said, "Oh, you know what? You know, you're driving north on the freeway, and you see the car on the southbound side with her flashers on, and you think, oh, it's just you know, soccer mom, you know.' And it's and it wasn't. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Did you they, get the safe back? Oh yeah, we got we got the safe back, and it was funny because it was uh, the guy that I had a, my buddies did the uh, did a search warrant to pop the safe open. And he was, it was kind of like when uh, Ronald Rivera uh, popped that soap open from the Titanic, thinking that, you'd, uh, you know, somebody was going to be, who was the uh, old uh, Teamster guy? They thought they were going to find all this stuff, and it was completely empty. empty. It was totally empty. It actually, it was a, there was a safe, and then there was like a little, uh, like a little personal safe inside of it. And they were, they were both, he, uh, my buddy was like, yeah, the only thing that was in it was like the manual on, how to safe. open the safe? <laughs> How to open the safe? <laughs> How to change a combination was all all those in there. That's funny. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. So this is uh, before your task force, or after your task force. That was before. All right. And so you how how many years you saying you were on the task force? You did marijuana for a couple of years, and you ended up on trap. I did marijuana. I did marijuana task. It was just a, a summer long task force. Oh okay. But that was in a one, and then I was in uh, the, oh, the auto theft auto theft unit for a year. I think that was two twenty nineteen. And then twenty and twenty one, I worked for uh, for Trap. How do you get selected to do Trap? Well, what is Trap for those of you who don't know what Trap is? It's uh, geez, it's they do you remember mis- that acronym? Yeah, Task Force. Um, All I have is is it two P's or one? T R A P. Yeah, what is Task what is it? Task Force Regional Auto Theft Prevention or something like that. It's it. They have a they misspelled too. They they T F they. R A T P. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because I'm not the only one that because I was doing a training class one day and somebody in my my training class like you know like the um, you go to the the brief the, like the roll call training and we were in there and someone's like uh, sir what's trap stand for and my partner who's a deputy was like and it's their task force and he couldn't he couldn't come up with it either that's funny 
Yeah. It's t- acronyms for everything. It's Task Force for, uh, for Regional Auto Theft Prevention or something. Yeah, whatever. It's Trap. Trap. Auto Theft. It's, yeah. Auto Theft Task Force. Yeah. So yeah. how, did you enjoy Trap? Was that your best Task Force or which one, would you say that's the most fun you had or was it oh, before that? Patrol. Patrol? Oh, by far. Hands down. Patrol was. Yeah? The, the, oh, the most fun. And I, you know, and I was talking to one of your guys today and he's like, F that. I've never, he's in, he's on some detail. He's like, I'm never going back to patrol. And patrol's different for us than than you guys. I don't I mean, yeah, it's different, but honestly, I enjoy patrol. I, every job that comes up right now yeah. that I see, I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to go inside. I don't want to sit behind a desk. I, I actually I really enjoy being out on the street and, and then someone's there for the guy. I mean for, see, me, you, for, for me, I'm not handling calls for service. Yeah, yeah, you're not handling calls and, and you And I don't I can't say that's the same for the officers. And you don't you don't show up at every no. call like where where when we get a call, it's like I mean, it could be a fatal crash, and it's like you're, you're it. You're the person. Whoever's beat it is the one's handling that. Yeah. And you just kind of, you know, kind of put different jobs out to people. But yeah, ch- patrol, hundred percent, man. Yeah. Florence Firestone. That was that. If if they didn't have one o'clock court for for traffic, I would never have left that. Really? Oh hell no! Every time I had a trainee, man, I had a my trainees were all up there, and in yeah that. Florence Firestone area. That's crazy. I, you know, it's funny because I think everybody, go, like, it's not everybody. There's a lot of people who go, especially nowadays, these young guys are going to police work. They're like, oh, I want to be a detective or I want to be whatever. It's never like, oh, I want to be the guy, the patrol guy, you know? And yeah. I know, like, when we look at, like, even, like, the show Cops or when you're a kid, whatever shows, like, it's always, you have to start somewhere. You have to start on patrol. But so you did all these task force, and even after all of that, you requ- retired with, auto, with the trap? Yeah, I, you know what, I would, I would probably be happier today if I would have went back and worked patrol for like six, eight months to a year. Before you left? Yeah. yeah. Why don't you just tell them? Call them up right now. <laughs> I don't know. You think they'd take you? You know what, I, I could only work another year and a half. Oh, really? So I, yeah, I, don't, know, I, don't, I don't know if they would take, if I got divorced, I'd be, it'd be easy because you, know, you got to pay all your, your retirement back in. But no, yeah, it's. I think with a year and a half, it's like the maximum. I, I don't. Is think that like an option right now? Do we need to talk, call your wife? No, no, I don't know where she's at, but I think she's. <laughs> okay. I think she's fine. Um, no, it's. But you know, I mean, I, I dropped something off today at the one of the Santa Fe Springs office, and I'm. I won't say his name because he he might hear this podcast. But it's like the dude's got a. He was married for a bunch of years, and you know these guys, and then they they get divorced, and it's like. So you married 20 years, you just lost 10 years of your retirement. Yeah. Wasn't it easier just to kind of work shit out? It's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of time, effort, money. Yeah. Emotional you know, negativity. Yeah. When you're done, you're done, I guess. So I don't, I'm just not in that. I've I never been know. in that position. So yeah, I, I have my little uh, story with that. We can, that's another time. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot. You go through a lot. And mm-hmm. uh, I think like it's, it's, I think it's crazy. Like for me, I mean, um, I was, I was married for eight years um, when I got divorced. Um, but for those of you listening, I, I mean, I haven't really put this on the podcast yet, but my wife and I got divorced and then mm-hmm. now we're back together. Mm-hmm. So we were, divor- we were divorced for a few years and then we got back together. But um, yeah, it's a, it's an emotional strain on all sides, but I can't imagine, like you said, like 20 years on and um, You're almost starting over. Yeah. And then, or I have, I have one of my friends, he was about to retire. I think he's still working. He's about to retire at the time and they get divorced and he's like, I don't know what to do. Like he, he was about to just enjoy his retirement 
like go off in the sunset, you know, with his yeah. wife. And then that, this happens and he's like, what am I going to do? I'm going to be retired, not have any, like I have no social circle. It's, it changes everything. Well, that, and then I think, I think what a lot of people, a lot of men or officers in general, they don't realize just exactly what kind of special person it takes to deal with us. Yeah. To, to, to put up with that. Hey, I'll be home in an hour. And you know they ought to expect you home for three hours, right. and even like even like special children like that too, you know they 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 think that oh I might not see my dad for several hours. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean I were I remember when, when you know when when Trump got elected I didn't come home for thirteen days. Really? Yeah, and George Floyd too. Yeah, we were on a couple a couple. We so, were on twelve hour days. Yeah. I for I think I were I didn't see well even COVID I didn't see my kids mm-hmm. for for. Two months, yeah, in in COVID, and I and that's just me working like you know anywhere between five and seven days a week. Were they forcing you guys overtime because you guys were? Uh, I was on or? I was on a COVID okay. like response team, but like because I was in the mix with it all. Um, my she was ex at the time, but my wife she was really worried. Obviously, everyone was really yeah. worried what was going to happen, and I, because oh. I was still working, she didn't want to get exposed, and the sure. kids get exposed. So it was like, okay, we'll take this time apart. I got me away from the kids. And it was, yeah, it's, it's fucking sucks, dude. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think every like civil unrest that I've been to, I've like all of a sudden they just say, Hey, your, your days off are, are canceled. Yep. And I had this person that's a teacher and she's like, well, if you don't like your job, why don't you quit? And I was like, you're not even fucking working. You're sitting in zoom calls with your children. Why don't you fucking quit? You know what I mean? It's like, what? I, no, I don't. You know, I. I yeah, we I, signed up for. I we signed up. T- yeah, we signed up for this. Yeah. And we knew that there were potentially going to be some hard times, and it was. Yeah, it was been. Well, you sign up. You sign up to go out and do, and do stuff and everything, but you don't. You don't sign up for somebody to spit on you. No. You know, and that and that's what a lot of people think. Oh well, you know what? You just that's that's your job. It's like no, it's it's not my job to put some in my car that shit their pants. It's not my job to to do that. It's you know, it's it's their job not to be that person. You know, and it's it's totally it's totally different. But I think a lot of people lose sight of just what kind of special person it takes to be, you know, to, to marry to someone like us or date. And you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but I know lots of people that just, you know, had some really bad divorces. And I'm looking at them like, hey, dude, you know, you know what? Why? You know. <laughs> You know, if you like their fault, like the officer person fault or like the, like it's a mutual not, thing or like what? a mutual thing. But it's like, why don't you just, why don't you just deal with this, this person yelling at you and not like you're, you're not like, yeah. like your stuff, but it's like, it's like, I don't you know. know. I, it's hard for me to say, to say like, oh yeah, just deal with it. Like, I think there's a lot of, that goes into relationships. I don't want to deal with it. Maybe just ignore it. I know. But even then like you, okay. I, I do think that we have like a certain capacity for like what type of like, shit will take for mm-hmm. whatever it is oh, even oh. if you're even if you're causing oh. it even if you're the, the result of what's whatever the the outcome is i think that at some point you just can't handle like you have to if you're going to be in something that's just going to be a negative driving force you it's almost better to end it yeah. yeah mentally they end it and maybe it's better to find your own way where you don't have have that that negative stress put on you because we oh we do have a lot of negative stuff i'm not i'm not advocating for everyone to get divorced i'm just saying that there's definitely of course not. reasons why, and we can't just say like, oh yeah, you should just stick with it. I mean, they always say the whole, it's cheaper to keep, I mean, obviously it's cheaper yeah. to stay, but besides the money part, take money out of it. I mean, mental health wise, I mean, there's, there's reasons to get divorced, obviously. Oh, absolutely. 
Some people are better off that way too. Yeah. But hey, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something about retirement. So there's a point where you realize that you don't have to take people's shit anymore. It's not your, you know, you don't have to like sit there and go, okay, this person's being an asshole and I'm just not going to say anything. Now you can actually say, say something back. <laughs> oh my goodness. So that's, I had to get used to that. That you can speak up? No, or say I something just, back. just keep my mouth shut. Oh, you, you, yeah, like now you keep your mouth shut? Well, I would keep my mouth shut when I was working. And then there was a period of time there where I was like, you know, fuck this guy. I'm just going to say whatever I want to say. And then now it's just kind of like, it's kind of like that that person tries to kiss that. It takes so much more effort yeah. to to get angry about something. And, uh, but no, that's the, that's probably the best part of, of retirement. Just not giving a shit anymore. Not really not giving a shit anymore, but just kind of like, you know what? If you want to be an asshole, be an asshole. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to deal with you and, and say anything bad about you. I had, a, I had a lady at the dog park the other day tell me I was a dog abuser. What? <laughs> I was pulling on my dog's leash. You know, she was there pulling on me. So I was pulling back. She's like, I said, hi to her. And she's like, oh, you're a dog abuser. I'm leaving. And I was like, well, you're a dog abuser. It's like, your dog's overweight, you know, and, and antisocial because it like, it like tried to bite one of my dogs. And I was like, so who's, I was like, really? Come on, just say you don't like me. I don't, I don't care. Yeah, it's a, uh, so I, I, I let her, I let Karen have it a little bit on that one. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's, that's probably the best, that's probably the best part. Yeah. So what do you, yeah, what's your normal day look like? You just uh, hang around the house or are you doing like, take, do you take the kids to, take the kids to school? Then I work on little projects in the garage and make, like I said, I make some signs and. Oh, yeah. So what are these signs? Yeah. Are these? I don't old license plates. I'll send you a picture. Okay. Do you sell them? I have sold several of them, yes. I mean, can you promote? You can promote it right now if you want. What do you What do you sell? Do you sell it somewhere? Like, can you? Can someone like look you up and buy them? Uh, no, not really. I um, actually, I just did a. Um, I did Sorry, a, our microphone's like it's really echoing here. Um, I just did a not really a good picture. I just did a Jeep grill that I think I'm going to make a table out of. Oh, that's cool. And then, um, you know, I do uh, like ID numbers and. I feel like everyone has like something they're making and like doing something on the side. Oh, and then I do, I got a friend that has like oh, a, couple, okay, yeah, that's cool. a couple Chick-fil-A's and so I'm, you know, his wife wanted to eat more chicken. Signs. That's so funny. I, I made one for him. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I do. I do quite a few of them. That's cool. I may, I think I'm almost 200 of them right now. And Jameson. Yeah. Drinking a little Jameson every now and then. That's good. So what's on the agenda for this week? Uh, I got to take the kids to school and then I'll probably walk the dogs. <laughs> Just, Dude, I mean, it's, compared to, to chasing cars, I mean, it's really changed quite a bit for you. Yeah, it has. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm actually trying to get, get a, uh, another retired annuitant job. Okay, that'd be so cool. maybe me, you know, maybe me uh, mentioning my agency might keep me from doing that. But oh. I might. I'm trying to go work uh, down by uh, USC doing backgrounds and stuff. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they all. Is any guys doing that kind of stuff right now? Yeah, it's. I mean, they're they're kind of mindless. You know, investigation. What are you talking about? It's, it's very important work. It's very, it's very re- important. It's and, and rewarding. Not very fulfilling, but it's. it's Come on. <laughs> you're not selling yourself here. <laughs> oh, dude, you know, you're like, you know, you're going to ruin someone's dream. And it's like, hey, you know what, dude? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, you, you know, you, you put peanut butter on your nuts and your dog licked it off. And Come yeah, on. you're not. <laughs> this, going, you ever, this is going downhill. I don't you even ever, know what you had to say right now. I don't know what dude, you had to say. You I don't ever, want to know. Have you ever talked to a background investigator? Yes, the shit that, I had to go through backgrounds to get hired. Of course, no. Have you ever talked to like one of your background investigators? Oh, about what they've done, about, like about the back, backgrounds. The shit that people fucking uh, admit to. 
Oh no, I haven't. Oh, dude, is that I got to get someone on here about yeah, that? Yeah, you, you know what? Yeah, you have to. All right, honestly, you have to. I, I, I'm, I know a couple of them. So maybe if you want to get on the microphone, maybe they could go back and forth. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, I'll have to hear about this. I mean, it's it's almost as bad as some of the shit you find in people's cars that you know they don't want. You know, like all their Jeez. porn collection or whatever they don't want their wife to see. That's funny. I remember, uh, I remember on training, uh, my buddy he goes to do a search on somebody, and he's like, he's like, like reaching his pocket and he's grabbing something. And he's like, "What is this?" And he's like pull, trying to pull it out. He's like, "What is this?" And he pulls it out, and it's like a like a butt plug or something. Oh he's yeah, like, what is this? The guy's like, it's "My butt plug." Like, oh, and he didn't have no glove, no gloves or oh, anything. God. I was like, "Oh, it's so nasty." Yeah, <laughs> I know you even started. <laughs> All right, so what what's something that you would now after okay you twenty four point seven years yeah. um, you didn't know you're going to end up in L A but you joined the CHP and they sent you down here what's something that you would tell young guys who are looking at a career in law enforcement or that are in law enforcement right now or even in in the CHP that would they you wish they you knew so to, probably say don't don't try to be your own legend and and work too long and start promoting early. Start running right early. Yeah, probably like that ten year mark. So you have the you have the uh, the the credibility of of been there, done that. Because you know I've worked with those guys that have like three years on, and now all of a sudden they're they're supervising you, and you're like, hey, you don't even know you don't even know what form you're supposed to fill up. You know it on your test, right? So, but yeah, yeah, uh, I think like that that ten to ten to twelve year mark, like just go up and go for the money. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would. Uh, you know, that's probably what I would say to people now. And go back to patrol, and go back to patrol. Yeah, patrol is okay. patrol is is everything. It's it's the most it's most rewarding part of law enforcement, if you ask me. It probably it's going to be the what are all it's the most memorable too. Yeah. I mean, any stories you're going to have, like the real good stories, are going to be from your time at patrol. Yeah, I mean, I, I had some enjoyable, uh, funny things I saw when I worked uh, like the uh, like the civil unrest and the and you know the. Uh, unmarked car stuff that was that was fun but i think the all the all the really really fun stuff happened while i was on patrol yeah that's cool yeah i'm not even i won't go too far into it. yeah but it's all the all the really fun stuff we have to do something nothing like, illegal oh, so we lost we lost battery power here all right. perfect I mean, timing nothing nothing illegal of course but well obviously well okay so we'll end here i appreciate you coming over ryan um, and I need to refill my cup anyway. Yeah, me too. Let me uh, get this music, outro music. So um, i got to press the button That's here. That's pretty sophisticated. I know. I have this little thing. We have, Now we have only one video. I'm, you have to, you get to see your face because now you're not on it. Oh, my, okay. My iPad died. Oh, you're better looking, so it's fine. No, it's all right. All right, well, uh, this was Let's Grab a Cup. Uh, I can't even speak anymore. <laughs> Let's Grab a Cup podcast. I'm Adam Sturgeon. This was Ryan Carroll here from the uh, CHP um, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Let's Grab a Cup or at AP underscore Sturgeon. And you can uh, find any uh, coaching stuff or anything on my website and this uh, podcast listed up there with all the links at sturgeonwellness.com or letsgrabacup.com. And uh, Ryan, thanks again for coming, man. It was fun. Thank you. It's a good time. I appreciate it. Hit this, uh, hopefully, hit the right music. <laughs>